save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone to the Gilfellows Q&A post season one episode. Uh, before we jump into the actual Q&A episode, we are going to premiere the season two trailer. So uh, we're going to pause here so you can take a listen. So enjoy. Three of you wake up on an island. My character's name is Sinead Temple. Arthur Windflagon. You can call me Q. I don't think any of us know how we got here. Alright, can we move forwards now? Uh, that's dope as hell. We're very, very close to starting a war. I hope that you are on the right side of it. And we're back. I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed that. Do we want to talk about it for a few minutes? Brennan? Uh, yeah. So, uh, get into it? Yeah, so um, season two, I'm going to be the DM. Um, we're switching woo. to yeah, woo, <laughs> um, full circle. Um, Hannah and I first started playing together when I was her DM like two years ago. So we're going back to that. Um, it's hell yeah, uh, yeah. It's an RPG called Seventh Sea, which is a pirate adventure with um, all the nations and races are like analogs to Europe. Um, there's swashbuckling. It's all about character backgrounds and. And uh, Hannah's got an Irish accent, and it's it's going to be great. And it's co-written Hopefully. by we'll Keanu Reeves as well. Yeah, Keanu <laughs> Reeves is allegedly the creator. You can look it up on Kickstarter. I don't I don't know about I don't know. It, it definitely checks out based on what I've seen of how it's written and what the rules are. I, I definitely believe oh that Keanu had a hand in this. <laughs> oh uh, Please don't lie. Don't turn our podcast into a house of lies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty we certain on- that that's not a lie. Uh, well, we'll have someone fact check it, but um, yeah, yeah our, so our we research had a, department. Uh, we we had a uh, our research department is me. <laughs> um, we we had a a meeting last night about our characters and what we hope to accomplish, and it's going to be a super fun dynamic. I hope, um, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So enough about that you will be hearing enough of it 
soon. Um, let's move on to the purpose of this episode, which is the Q and A. Um, we received, I think, like ninety nine percent of these questions from our Discord server. So I, if I haven't posted it on Twitter yet, I will be doing so soon. Uh, you can join our Discord server. Uh, we'll we'll post the invite on our Twitter and maybe our Instagram and whatever other social media we have. But yeah, so if you want to ask us questions in the future, say what? What did you say? LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want to uh, be part of that, definitely join. We have a fun little community. All right, so into the first question. <clears throat> What non-TTRPG sources were inspirations for the setting and characters? Do you guys want to start off with that for your for your characters? For this is this is uh, for season one. All the I I think all these questions are directed towards the season one campaign, just to you know, so everyone's on the same page. Uh, so um, I mean, first of all, we mentioned it in the pilot. I don't know if we ever brought it up again, but all of our characters are. I think all the characters' names are just anagrams of Game of Thrones uh, actors. Um, a little bit before people stopped liking Game of Thrones <laughs> is is what happened. So uh, Dartle Pinekeg is actually uh, Peter Dinklage <laughs> um, scrambled. <laughs> uh, the Makes idea, sense. Yeah. Uh, the idea for um, him was actually from watching Conan the Barbarian <laughs> with, Ar- with Arnold, the governator. Um, and I tried to riff off of it and do something uh, a little bit different, like him getting really old and small. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is true to real life, Arnold Schwarzenegger at this point, who is like, you know, <laughs> dominated our, our cultural ethos of like what it means to be a, a strong, un- understandable action hero. Now he's like, oh, an old governor, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I would say for Kitsa, uh, you know, aside of naming her Kit Harrington. But uh, the inspiration, I don't know if I really have a non-TTRPG inspiration, um, mostly because I kind of just wanted to kind of subvert some of the tropes people usually make with characters. So that's usually a character who has an orphan and no ties, because, like, what person goes adventuring if you don't have ties to, uh, like, family or things to lose? Uh, someone who is more like brooding and kind of negative and like the idea of playing a tiefling warlock who's like chaotic neutral I thought it would kind of be funny to take that and play someone who is like technically a tiefling warlock but is also kind of guided by a higher principle and really just trying to do the best thing kind of out of a more like childish naivete but also because she firmly believes that when given two options, if you are able to do something that can help people, you should try to. And I tried to do that in her characterization when she's talking about like dragon rights and you know what to do with the big bad. This kind of a spoiler for the season one finale, um, like what to do with the big bad. And they're like, you know, do we put it to death? And she's like, well, maybe we don't have to kill him. Like maybe we should try a different scenario. And so doing that and making her just this very kind of just upbeat uh trying to do her best giving her like loads of siblings loads of family where she came from a very stable happy background was just kind of fun because i think a lot of people's instinct in D isn't to do that so that was mostly my inspiration for her like pollyanna but like less annoying <laughs> all right rob 
Um, I thought it'd be fun if Juilliard was a dragon boy and a monk because I don't see a lot of dragonborn <laughs> monks. Um, a circus boy. Yeah. So he started out like with high, like trying to be like a charisma character and being this like really over the top performative bro. But it was kind of strange. A beca- what? Would you say he had high hopes for a living? Oh. <laughs> stop, Brendan Yuri. Stop. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was kind of weird, and I think I backed off from that because I didn't really like know the rest of the cast at the time, and so it was like really difficult to like just keep up like trying to do like interesting like audio performances for that type of character like for the entire season so he quickly became way more like Anakin Skywalker than anybody expected um and just kind of became like this this weird like edgy thing um and a lot of his backstory like was thought up after the fact because I had really no like expectations for what this podcast would be i did not think our one campaign would last an entire an entire year um, yeah. so i kind of created him like at like i would create a one-shot character which is just like ah, throw some interesting traits together and see what happens so uh not a whole lot of inspiration more just me winging it <laughs> cool so as far as like settings go which is my portion of this question um i feel like the immediate response for someone who's listening to this podcast would be like oh the adventure zone balance definitely that's like a that's that has to be like a big inspiration but i would contest that by saying uh my bigger inspiration for this was uh pokemon mystery dungeon explorers of time (laughs) um for anyone for anyone who has played that game for anyone who has played that game you would know like you'll know that i basically just ripped a lot of the the concepts straight from that game like um the guild like is wigglytuff's guild andy is wigglytuff are Chauncey you serious is <laughs> i did not know this <laughs> like, oh all my these God. years wow like, <laughs> like oh my it's, reality it's... has shattered <laughs> <laughs> like andy the whole is wigglytuff andy is wigglytuff she's she's a little bit okay i take that back a little bit because she's um she is like a mixture of both Wigglytuff and probably Lucretia from from the Adventure Zone. Yeah, so it's a, a little bit pink. of a mix of both. Um, so yeah, and even like the first arc, the Amber Alert arc, is literally a, a small storyline with like Drowsy and Meryl and Azumarill, because like Azrael gets uh, gets kidnapped by Drowsy, and you have to go save him or her. I forget what gender they are, but it's like. It's literally the same, and I, I like I started deviating a little bit, of course, uh, as as we went farther along because I didn't uh, know what I was doing at first. But um, yeah, so that's definitely my biggest <laughs> inspiration for this whole setup. That is such um, a strange thing to reveal after like, all this time, especially like this. Oh yeah, I got all of our scenarios from Pokemon Dungeon Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Oh, uh, whatever. It's a fan. It's a fantastic game. Like for, like it's it, check it out if you have if you have a Nintendo <laughs> DS. Um. Uh, so yeah, I hope I didn't just galaxy brain everyone in the audience. Um. <laughs> um. I'm a huge Pokemon nerd, so that's like, that makes sense. Um. Okay. So <laughs> that's probably enough of that. Um, so, okay, next question. What is the 
planned time frame for the release of the upcoming seasons? Short answer, we don't have one. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was like, is she going to make one up? Or <laughs> I was like, that's a Hannah answer, definitely. But I don't know what the <laughs> Hannah answer is. Yeah, we, we really don't have one. Um, to, to go a little more in depth, um, what our plan is right now and everything I'm about to say is subject to change at any point in time. Um, what our plan is right now is that we are going to alternate seasons. So like... Um, our, our first campaign season one, we're going to do that like every odd number season. So like season one, three and five, how, if we, if we make it there, assuming we make it there and everything in between is going to be like a one, one off season. Um, again, if we decide like we like this seven C campaign more than we like our original campaign, maybe we'll change to come back to that every other season. Maybe we just do these two. Like who knows? We, We'll find out as time goes along, but yeah, my answer right now is that we we really don't have have an answer to that. But Brennan might be able to talk more about maybe the timeline of this upcoming campaign because I don't think we really know that either. Uh, Brennan, do you have any insight on that? Um, my current plan is uh, now that you know Rob and I graduated college, we have a little more time. I would like to try recording about maybe every other week, if not weekly, instead of like. Um, all at once whenever we could that way we stay in the swing of things um, I don't know how long the editing is going to take on that but we could definitely release episodes um, uh, with with that in mind um, as far as how long the campaign will last I was shooting for like maybe close to a year not like I don't know how long uh, how long is this last campaign like a year and a month yeah just like a little over a year year and a few months. So it wouldn't yeah. be more than a year, but I don't know how much less than a year would be. So right now I'd like to make it last for, for up to that long, but uh, a little bit shorter than our last campaign for their lives. Yeah. yeah, so again, like we have to, <clears throat> we're just kind of playing it by ear at this point. Um, we'll decide what we like and what we don't like, and we will make our decisions based off of that. And what you guys like. If you guys, <clears throat> I don't know. <coughs> Sorry, my voice is weird today. Um, if you guys decide that you like the 7th C campaign, maybe we'll switch back to that. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's up in the air. Um, anyone else have anything to add to that before we move on? Nope. Cool. Um, how much prep time do you do each of you do before each session? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess much that different you... than Hannah's. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to guess that you guys don't don't spend much time. My, but. my prep is usually just like I will listen to my kids the playlist to get in the in the zone and then um if it's been a while in between recordings like if we record every week um I'll just look over my notes but if it's um if we did like several episodes all at once and it's been a while I'll usually like go and skim through the last episode so I can, and like listen to at least the last 10 minutes or so straight through so I can remember where we left right. off right but mostly just listening to my kids the playlist um, what you guys will, will come to understand is uh, most of us have full-time jobs or other projects that we're working on, and we don't really have the time to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend an hour or two like practicing my voices, although <laughs> we also that? do that, but, you know, um, so, yeah, prep time is variable, but, it, like, you know, the more this podcast gets support, the more we'll spend time on it to try to make it, like, more professional, I guess, like, we already do a lot, but 
Like, if we were to see, like, a sudden, like, explosion of viewership or something like that, I imagine we'd spend more time, like, making the podcast as good as possible. Not that we already don't. For sure. But, yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like a – we have to stay proportional to, like, our actual careers and, like, this is, like, a side project for now. But Yeah, uh, so – or, Brennan, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just saying, um, for me, it, it depends on where in the campaign it was. At the beginning, I actually tried to practice my – my, my voice is a lot more, and then once it kind of became a bit that Dartle was really inconsistently voiced, I, I just kind of, I just stopped doing that as much. Um, during prep, I, I really do, before, towards the end of the season, um, was just, you know, relive Dartle's moments that I base his character off in my head, and then pull up all of his spells and, like, the, and his, and everything like that, and just go over his stats so I can remember them so I don't have to spend time on the podcast looking them through. Yeah, so for me, being the DM and um, as someone who does lots of things for this podcast, I definitely, um, I spent at least an hour prepping every session, um, depending on what the content of uh, the session was or the episode was. It would be longer or shorter. Um, Like, if I was expecting it mostly just to be a combat episode, I probably wouldn't spend much time on it. But, like, for something like the finale, I spent, I definitely spent weeks planning that. Like, that was just, like, a snowball of ideas that I was gaining through the whole, as we were doing the whole campaign. And I had to sit down and spend, like, two full days writing all of that out. And um, it was the same thing with the the invitation arc, um, because that was probably our most... Uh, complex one. I think it was also our longest, but um, yeah, I spent, I spent a lot of time because I'm also someone who overplans. I know that's not usually how DMs go, but I like to, I, I personally just like to try to imagine every possible scenario that might happen, and that adds to my time a whole lot. Um, but yeah, again, it really depends on what the episode's going to be and um, how much I have prepared and all that stuff. But I, I take a long time. I usually take at least an hour every, before every session because we do, we do about like a hour long sessions, which are also shorter than, than a normal D and D session. Um, so yeah, I think that answers that question. Does anyone else have anything to add? Nope. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay. So this is a long multifaceted one. Is there anything the listeners do not know that you would like us to know? For example, was there something DM Hand said during the podcast that was missed? Or something players have any info they want known that it would be unnatural to plug somewhere in an episode? Or something we wouldn't know otherwise? Hmm. I actually have one for this. I definitely... You have a behind-the-scenes moment? I do, too. Oh, my God. I love it. You guys guys go first. Okay, so mine was not... I don't know if we've, like, said this on the stream before... Um, maybe we have, and correct me if I'm wrong, but none of us actually knew each other before we started. Like, we all knew Hannah, and, like, I knew of Brennan and maybe of Rob, but, like, I think that's something that's kind of fun, because people will be like, oh, you have such great chemistry, you can tell you've been friends for a long time. (laughs) And it's like, I mean, we've all been friends with Hannah. (laughs) I mean, we're friends with each other now, obviously, but I think that's kind of funny. No, that yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> um, I'll shout out to Rob, who, like, 
um, we knew each other through TUTV, our, our media lab at, at school, and I, I literally threw out in our group chat, I was like, hey guys, I want to do a D&D podcast, does anyone want to join me? And uh, Rob, really, you and me were not really friends, but... Yeah, I was like, that like, sounds yeah. fucking great. I'm in, yeah. heck yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, shout out to Rob to, to jumping on <laughs> this crazy ship with me, the being the first one, and then... Um, Amelia and Brennan, I, I knew that you would be good personalities to, to work with as well. So I invited you both on and you guys all became friends and that was good. <laughs> and you have really great chemistry on air, which is, I got really lucky with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, does anyone else have anything also, before I go? One, one more thing. Also throw back to when you told me, um, you asked if I wanted to be on a D&D podcast. And I thought this was going to be like, because most of the podcasts I listened to at that time were just like informational. So I thought we were going to be talking about D&D. Like I thought we were going to be like <laughs> RPG theory. Like let's fucking go. Let's discuss rules. Let's discuss like mods. Let's get dig into Unearth Arcana. Like what's balance? Like let's figure that out. And then I was like, oh, we're playing. Like that's fun too. Like I love playing D&D. <laughs> no, I had only played, I don't played once before before starting this podcast um uh, yeah i'd only played once in a one shot or no that's not true i played uh once in a one shot and then once uh, a couple times with brennan as we have um as we have mentioned a couple times i, I didn't stay in that campaign for very long but um <laughs> it, it was still fun for the few sessions that i was in it um uh, i'm glad it was it was fun i i have a similar fun fact and that is like i have never played a a, a campaign or even a one shot really to like any sort of like completed state with D and D. So this is like my first time going through like a full arc. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is like kind of strange because like I actually really love D and D and I liked D and D even before I started the podcast, which is why I was like so eager to jump on. But like I had never like sat down with a consistent group. It was always like, hey, like I'm having a D and D session. Like, do you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then. We do it for like an hour and then everyone like goes home and I'm like, oh, okay. And then we just never did another <laughs> session. And so this is the first time I've had like a consistent group of people to do a D&D session with. Well, that's uh, really cool. Yeah, that's, I like that. Um, I don't have anything uh, that deep. I just have like like two anecdotes. Uh, I don't even remember if I mentioned these anecdotes before or not. Um, if they did, they could have gotten cut. Um, but I think in the first like uh, six or five episodes, I don't know where... Um, they were like, all right, how's everybody doing? I was like, oh, I am exhausted. My summer job is really demanding. I'm really tired, etc. And we left it in there. So what my job is, is I like help coordinate like uh, the food banks feeding of children around Oklahoma. And uh, I forgot that I sent my boss on a route to deliver food up in rural Oklahoma. And she listens to Guild Fellows, apparently. And she's like, she texted me saying, hey, buddy, is everything okay at work? Because I forgot I talk about my job. Oh, no. I was mortified. And then, of course, oh, he went no. to the, the drunk episode. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am such a uh, fool. Yeah. Uh, so I heard a, a weird story. Um, uh, her husband and I played Ultimate Frisbee together by accident, and we met up uh, one time before a game, and I was like, oh, how was the, how was the drunk episode uh, with Rob DMing? And she goes, oh, I was already laughing. I, I, put, I pulled up the episode, and Amelia's already, already like, oh, oh my God, God, this is going to be great. <laughs> 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 it does like an Amelia impression. 
Which is really surreal because she has never met Namelia. <laughs> I'm too scared. I like listened to the drunk episode uh, for like five minutes. Uh, I still haven't listened I don't, to it I, all the way through. I don't know things I've told you guys about. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever been recorded, but yeah. So um, I think this question is mostly referring to like lore stuff. So my my answer is a yeah. lore question or a lore answer. So one. Well, first of all, let me say I know who asked this question, and I think I know what you're referring to, and um, I'm I'll address it in a second. Um, but but the the biggest thing is um, I think the biggest plot hole that was left out of or one of the biggest plot holes I don't really know how many there were of the uh, of the finale was the question of why did the people kidnap Nori, and I do have an explanation for that. Um, but I didn't get around to saying it during the thing because everything was going so fast and we needed to end and all that good stuff. But um, so as, as you heard in the uh, the previously on segment, I kind of recounted all of the experiences with the orb uh, before <clears throat> before getting up to the, the finale. And um, you guys rescued Danny, the little human boy who had been able to turn the orb blue, right? So the whole thing about the orb was that you were supposed to keep it a secret, right? And, like, nobody needs to, nobody should know that where it is and, like, that you guys had it and all that. But the the thing that you forgot to put a lid on was Danny, the little boy. So he went home and he told his brothers, and his brother told his friends, and oh. it got, like, the rumor got around that these three adventurers... Uh, found this all-powerful orb and that the little boy that was with them could turn the orb blue. So when you guys were ambushed, who else would that little boy be than the little blue water genasi traveling with them? So it all makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That is some big Um, brain DM planning. Big brain! Big brain plays. Sardle has Um, 20 intelligence and he never would have figured that out. (laughs) No. I so, just assumed the guild took care of all those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, With the guild, which is just Hannah's brain. Um, I don't think I don't think Danny ever made it back to the to the guild. You guys just uh, let him let him go after you got him out of the thing, the mine or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my big thing. And the second thing I wanted to address was that there was something that I kind of sprinkled clues to. Um, during, during, like, the whole campaign, and there, um, there was something that I wanted to do, and I'm gonna be really cryptic, because I, um, I don't know if I'll bring it up in the future again, but, um, there's something that I kind of sprinkled clues to that I wanted to have pay off in the finale, but, um, there was something that just, like, that I wanted to get done that just didn't get done for, uh, one reason or another, and I, as I was getting closer to writing the finale, I kind of took a step back and I was like, if I were going to try to do this, it would be like a lot of, it would just be like really shoehorned in there because I wanted it to be. It would be just like self-serving to me and like nobody else. So I decided to just like take it out completely because it just would not make sense in the whole scheme of things. So I think... To, to the question asker, you know who you are. I think that probably answers the question that you were looking for. Um, so, yeah. It, things didn't go as the way that I intended them to, as, like, as D&D is, of course. 
And Pesky so it players just, it making human choices, <laughs> preventing us from doing obvious story beats. <laughs> yeah, so it just didn't work out, and hopefully we'll be able to um, explore it again in the future. So I think that answers that question, and we will move on to the next question, which is, does Dartle have an actual height, or will you leave that as a gray area? <laughs> Shout out to the pun there, the gray area. Um, so I, I pulled up my, my D&D Beyond, because I actually forgot whether I changed it or not, and turns out I didn't, so officially his height is actually gray. Um, I, it he probably lived and he died. Gray. Yeah, that's that's never why I let you like perform anything that required you being small or big or whatever because you didn't define your height. And I was like, that's your that's your consequence for being cheeky with your height. You can't. We don't know how big you are, so no, that's you can't fit into that hole. Utterly, utterly fair. <laughs> I, I think it's also a problem because I'd be like, I'm like less than two feet tall, and then a little bit later, I'd be like, of course I can kneel down to Nori. I'm over three feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, so. My actual height, I would say, would be probably about two and a half to three feet, somewhere in there. It's um, a big-ass gnome. Probably, yeah, wait a minute. Well, that's true. I'm trying to think how much I shrank from being the tallest gnome in the village when I got old. Um, probably a lot. Let's say maybe like two and a half feet tall, I guess. Um, we'll leave it as a gray area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I never really, I really, really thought of that. I Listen, that over the course of a year plus, no more thought has gone into how tall Darnell <laughs> actually is, besides gray. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's let's move on. Um, this person says, "What was your first time playing slash experience with D and D slash RPGs?" And I kind of answered that already. I I played like a few months like the, the my first time was um the december before um our podcast started so that was like 2018 december 2018 i played a a drunk a drunkens and dragons with my friend patricia shout out to patricia and um a couple of my other friends and it was really fun uh, one of my first D&D experiences, like I said, I never finished a campaign, so this was just a one-shot. I did a one-shot with my girlfriend and a bunch of her friends, and uh, I knew the relationship was going south because all she did was do charisma checks to try to flirt with absolutely everything she came across. Like, she was one of the <laughs> D&D players where, like, she was like, oh, like I'm going to be, like, a rogue and put really high into dexterity, but then she also just, like, min-maxed into charisma and would just try to seduce absolutely everything, and that was her solution to every scenario. And I was like, I don't think this is going to work out. (laughs) Cue the Zuko, that's rough, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I hope she's listening to this. Uh, that, that would be amazing if she was, because, I don't know, we don't have to talk about my ex-girlfriends, that's fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's fine. My first time playing D&D was, I think, sophomore year of college. Um, one of the RAs uh, did a game during one of our desk shifts uh, with all the other ones. But there's, like, a board game club in at TU that I went to a few times, so, like, with TTRPG. But um, I've been in a campaign. I'm still playing with the people that I started playing with uh, at the beginning of, like, my junior year in college. So I'm in... A group that we've been playing together consistently for almost four years now. Oh, um, that's awesome! D and D and like blades and just a bunch of different sorts of systems. That's awesome. Um, for me, my first experience with this was, I guess, my junior year of high school. Um, 
I had a character named Phineas Wellington, who was this tiny little half-elf boy, and uh, I, we played on this group and, and uh, with my best friends from high school, and we didn't like have any of the five E rules. We just had a D twenty and used that for everything, for like mm-hmm. for a chance to attack, damage, checks, everything. Um, wow. We had a pretty good time with it, uh, and I just had a blast. Like we went like literally all night. Um, the plays campaign and it was so much fun so um yeah i my first experience in like a long campaign i started myself after some dming because there was a an ra i wanted to date <laughs> and uh i dm'd the campaign for five months to get to know her and then it worked <laughs> um and that campaign last like that was the first long campaign i can remember being in uh, and it lasted for like a year cool yeah I'm glad we all have good experiences. Yeah. Uh, next question, vampire one shot. Okay, so is, there's two <laughs> things I have to say about this. Is this because I I let slip that every time I DM? Yes. A one, okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because uh, you're afraid of vampires. I, I am afraid of vampires. So I am afraid of vampires. It is. It's true. Um, it's one of my favorite uh, TV shows. Is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right up there with uh, The Sopranos and uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh anime. And, um, but, and I, I also carry a vampire slaying kit in my backpack. Um, if anyone ever looked in the top pocket of my backpack, there's always real holy water and usually a wooden, like a wooden stick in there. Like completely true. Um, I think I've taken my holy water out for you guys before during session. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen it. So, but what's also funny is, um, whenever I have a group of people I know, and this happens a lot. Where they're like, hey, Brennan, I know you play D&D, you always plug your podcast. Uh, my friends and I, my roommates, we want to learn how to play. Um, I always, my like tutorial for first-time D&D players, I use the same vampire one-shot I wrote like three years ago. Um, so I, I, if I mentioned that, then I mean, that's that's probably what that's from. So that's when um, I probably use that same one-shot. Five or six times. I think we just, I think we just got that question because we let it slip in the Discord that you are afraid of vampires. Really? Okay. Well, there's yeah. some bonus information for you. I don't know um, how you're scared of vampires. Like that's a whole spouse right there. They are, I know. I just, I don't know. Where, I, I watched all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh man. But yeah, if you guys want, you'd be interested. I can show you guys the, the vampire one shot I've done fifty times. <laughs> Are you, like, scared, scared of vampires? Like, if I uh, could I scare you in, if I wrote a one-shot? Yeah, you probably could. I also don't Ooh. do horror very easily. I've never seen a horror movie in theaters. <laughs> ever. This is fun. Uh, the closest thing I did, and it was horrifying, is I went to see uh, the original Nosferatu with a live band at Circle Cinema like my sophomore year of college, and it scared the crap out of me. Okay. So what I'm hearing is if we ever do a Halloween episode, you will be playing. I guess you will so. Be <laughs> we'll have to be drunk. I'd say vampires are horrifying. Let's move on. So vampire one shot, maybe. Um, <laughs> what do you consider? What do each of you consider your character's signature spell slash class feature slash etc. to be, and why? I mean, mine's pretty straightforward. Yeah, Eldritch Blast. <laughs> it's it's the go-to warlock spell. Um, although I think now that she has told the dead, she might start, you know, flavoring that in a little bit. Um, in certain circumstances, it's better. I think Kitsa considers her signature thing to be her sickle because she's just always had it. 
but like one d four piercing damage at melee range versus one d ten plus charisma, or two d ten now, um, force damage is uh, it's a pretty easy trade off. Right. Um, for Dartle, I'd probably say chill touch. Um, I think it's an old elderly withered hand necromancer reaching out and grabbing onto something for dear life is very Dartle. Also, him ducking at, under any projectiles because he's a no. Um, I by far prefer settling things using charisma and other uh, interesting role checks as opposed to combat. So, like, I don't know. I would. I think I have the most fun when I'm solving things using charisma and have to like actually find out something like interesting about the characters I'm talking to to solve scenarios. But for combat. I mean, whatever I did, whatever crazy combo hand let me pull off in my one-shot episode with Juilliard, where I, like, threw That was fucking the... awesome. Yeah, like, I, I, like, used, like, my redirection ability to, like, throw, like, an ice spike into the golem's, like, leg, and then I threw my knife into it and then jumped up and then punched the knife deep into its chest with my brass knuckle. It was crazy. Whatever that was was dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was it. Was probably the coolest battle sequence that that Juilliard's had. So, um, yeah. So I don't have a character, so we'll we'll just move on. <laughs> Nori's a sorcerer, and that's that's the, ice knife. Um, OP, please nerf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Nori. Is Nori top okay, of the so- verse in the Guildfellows universe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want secretly the a god. Someone, uh, like, had the prediction in the Discord, like, I can't wait for when Nori turns his back on the whole team and How he secretly you? is the, the, ada- the antagonist that was to me. the whole season. That was me in the Discord. How dare you, Amelia? <laughs> I couldn't remember. Okay, you also said the same thing during the it. drunk one-off where I gave you guys a friendly NPC for the entire time and, like, Amelia just, like, offhand, like, drunk out of her mind is like, I can't wait till this guy betrays us. And I'm like, you... <laughs> Bitch, I can't believe that you guessed that. Like, <laughs> drunk words are sober thoughts. Never underestimate the power of drunk Amelia. <laughs> I, also, I remember so little of that. I really don't. If you held me down and said I would give you one thousand dollars to tell me the plot of that episode, I wouldn't get it. <laughs> I mean, I I wrote it and I like remember like the basic theory of it, but. Uh, yeah, it's worth going to take a listen to. It's pretty fun. It got it's one of our most popular episodes. It's our it's our second most popular episode. Yeah. Man. I remember it like I remember a dream. <laughs> I just yeah, remember as the DM in the final battle, all three of you were like drunk and you were so like just like fatigued from the alcohol and from the campaign. We were so that, like, tired. Everybody's <laughs> eyes were closed and I'm like, all right. I was really at one point like the boss is 5 HP what do you guys want to do and then Amelia's like can I sneak attack and I'm like yes and you roll and I'm pretty sure you didn't even look at what the dice said I'm just like you kill the boss (laughs) campaign over sleep at that point so for that we started drinking like an hour beforehand so i think next time we have to start drinking at the beginning of the episode and so like it's like a crescendo you know instead of like being (laughs) drunk at the very start and falling asleep at the end so like there's like we gotta shift that timeline a little bit (laughs) so we don't fall asleep at the end (laughs) yeah okay 
Should we do a lightning round? Uh, we're we're not there yet. We okay. have one more question. Um, Easy, Tiger. What is each of your first personal favorite moments from season one? It's hard to pick. Um, yeah, I've been I've been scrolling through the episodes trying to. Um, my, my favorite, favorite is probably the Trader Joe's bit. True. Oh my That tops goodness. everything. <laughs> okay, I was just I really... on some bullshit that day. I don't know how, where that came from. <laughs> it was great. Um, I really, really liked, um, near the very beginning, after the first dungeon um, with the dragon, um... <laughs> When we had our whole dragon riots bit, because I feel like that was the moment that Han realized that we were just gonna do bullshit all of the time. <laughs> because like, yes, there's no way you were right. expecting that. You were like, "Oh yeah, obviously, like this dragon, like they're gonna get on the dragon, they'll fly." And then we made like a whole thing about the fact this dragon was chained up. Um, yeah, you can hear my like nervousness and hesitance in that episode. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, did I did I do something I didn't wrong?" Plan for that. I know we were just giving you a hard time. Um, you're right, though. It was definitely animal rights or human dragon rights abuse. Um, but uh, I really liked that. I liked um, I liked the little one on one episodes, like specifically the little adventure with like Lil. That whole yeah. thing was just so fun. That- yeah, that was um, that was probably going to be part of my answer. I really loved all the solo adventures. They were all super fun um, because I got to play uh, fun NPCs that I don't normally play, and I got to kind of tune things to each of you to like do something something special with uh, with each of you. And um, yeah, so so those were really fun, and they all turned out really good. And I think I. I've been I've been looking back through through these episodes and I think like my favorite moments when you guys are all together. You see, I'll never not be mad that Dartle didn't get brainwashed by by the by, by the stuff. And that I can tell you that that would have been my favorite episode because or my favorite moment because that's when you guys would have really had to work together and RP together. But of course, fucking guys hate me. And um, the dice but, said, "Fuck your plans." <laughs> the the dice said, "Fuck your character development." Um, <laughs> so I think um, one of the more notable parts that I remember is when Juilliard killed the Goblin King. I think that was a I think that was a bit of a turnaround point for Juilliard and probably the whole group. And it was also really fun to edit because I put in some like really weird fucking music. <laughs> and you it did. was awesome. Um, and I remember, I remember like when you, when you punched him, I laughed really hard, and it was just it's it's something that I remember that was really fun. So uh, that's yeah, because if I remember correctly, I like obliterated his skull with like a single punch. <laughs> it was like there was like this yeah, whole with the Thanos like, punch. It was yeah. It was like a whole episode and a half of build up, and we're put it in the scenario where we're surrounded by goblins, and I start fighting the Goblin King. It was like literally like the first punch. I do a crazy amount of damage, and you're like, "Yeah, you explode his head," and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> like Juilliard's gonna have some sort of reaction to that." So, <laughs> um, yeah, he just kind of dies. Like, <laughs> that was a good moment. Made me giggle. So I think for my favorite moment. There's a lot of them. I've got a few of them. Um, uh, one of my favorite moments is the first time when uh, Kitza, Amelia, was like, 
uh, my name is Kitza, and then Rob and I said in unison, you can call me Kit. I don't know what that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's happened so, more than once. <laughs> um, uh, and the, the whole thing, I was like, oh my goodness, like we, we have officially gelled. Um, so that cracked me up. Um, the time brain cell. What's also <laughs> funny is that nobody calls her Kit. No one calls me Kit. That's true. No, no one has ever taken that advice. Lily, Lily called me Kit, and Kit's appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> um, another one of my favorites was Rob's RP skills when he was the drunk guy at the invitation upstairs. Um, that was hysterical. I don't. I, it was that was really good. Um, I think my. I think honestly, my favorite moment was when. Dartle aged 40 years. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not as like heartwarming as the other favorites, but it was um, it was just such a perfect way to take his character. And it made me sad, but at the same time, it was I think it was just really good for his character, you know, what happened to him, what he went through. And then going around and telling Nori about the, you know, the mischievous uh, kid on top of the mountain. It was just really good. I, I, you know, we're a goofy bunch of goobers making a podcast about Dungeons and Dragons, but I felt like that was a part of the podcast that conveyed real emotion, and that's what I really liked about it. No, yeah, for sure. It's like a, it was a consequence for Dartle for uh, choosing to do this adventuring life to see if he could still do it, and it turns out he can't. Um, <laughs> spoilers for for uh, finale part two. Um, <clears throat> okay, so now that we have. All said heartwarming things. Lightning round. Um, these are the questions that are just kind of this or that, um, and we'll we'll go through them pretty quick because we're coming up on the hour forty five minute mark um, here. So uh, this first question, I think we all know the answer to. So I'll ask it, and then we can all say our answer at the end because I think it is a unanimous answer. <laughs> Out of the four of you, who would be the most likely to turn into an eldritch horror for the fun of it? Me. Kitsa. All right. Yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> Amelia. Yes. <laughs> when you had tentacles spew out the middle of you earlier this season, I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay. If Samus is pregnant and goes into a morph ball mode, what happens to the baby? I don't know. <laughs> Who asked this? It goes into a smaller morph ball in her tummy, obviously. <laughs> there's, there's a great YouTube poop of uh, PragerU where um, Dennis Prager says the baby fucking dies. So I, I want to quote that and say the baby no. fucking dies. <laughs> like, what happens to the rest of her internal organs when she goes into morph ball mode? <laughs> Whatever, that's where the baby goes. That's where the baby goes, yeah. I feel like Amelia's um, probably right on that one. Science. <laughs> um, who do you guys have money on? Kong or Godzilla and why? Uh, Kong, because I like Godzilla. his movie better. Godzilla. King Kong Godzilla. can't shoot lasers out of his mouth. That's true. Kong is a small also, monkey. Also, Godzilla is so much bigger than Kong. That's, yeah. that's true. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, a chimpanzee can do some pretty horrible things to a human, and we're, like, bigger primates. So I feel like if you just, like, upscaled that to King Kong size, like, I bet he could probably do some crazy shit to, to Godzilla. No, it's Godzilla. Okay. Hold on, really quick. Transitive property. Could King Kong single-handedly destroy all of Tokyo before they got to him? No. Could Godzilla? Yes. Transitive yeah. property. Godzilla, greater than Tokyo, <laughs> greater than Kong. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Kong Skull Island is such a good movie. <laughs> but who really right, cares looks about like we're, King Kong anyway? 
Lightning, guys, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, looks like we're split on this issue. Um, do you like your polymer dice sharp-edged? Yes or no? Yes. I have never polymer? I've never had sharp-edged dice. I follow a bunch of Instagram sharp-edged dice makers, but I haven't actually ever gotten any, but I would like to have some. Um, metal dice sharp, yes. Polymer dice, no. Okay. Uh, uh, plastic or metal dice, which do you prefer? Metal. They both have their uses. Um, no, I prefer metal D20s. I prefer, like, plastic as far as resin, regular dice, everything else. Actually, no, yeah, that's, that's, I'm with Amelia on that one. I just got a wood D20 in the mail yesterday, and oh. I have yet to try that out. So the, the jury's still out. Um, that's cool. <laughs> uh, we know Kitsa has Dracaris. What would Dartle and Juilliard's pets be? And I think this was someone who asked this question who was not cut up with the with the current episodes. So um, Juilliard has Dilby now, which we didn't really resolve in the finale because I kind of forgot about him. Um, <laughs> uh, Dilby was just comfortably asleep in Juilliard's robes. If anybody needs okay, to, to, to know about his whereabouts and is like, Juilliard got hit pretty hard there. What happened to Dilby? Uh... Dilby can, can sense where the blades are coming and will just crawl into different parts on the inside of my clothing if he if he yeah. feels it coming. So don't worry, he's Dilby like simply safe. wouldn't be stabbed. No. It's like it's like Steven the goldfish for uh, Magnus from the Adventure Zone. If we don't mention him, he's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um and <clears throat> Dartle, what were your pet be? I feel like Dartle's pet would be like a rat, like a really but like a really, really um, really cool one. Uh, if I could talk, it would have a heavy Brook or not Brooklyn, Boston accent. He also got Marty McFly. Yeah, I do have Marty McFly. My my uh, my pet, imagine not imaginary, but my my uh, familiar. Uh, yeah, Marty McFly makes a good pet. I don't think I'd ever hang out with him, but or snuggle with him, but he's a good pet. <laughs> and uh, the follow up question to this was: Is Dilby not the best boy? And is there no way that anyone could forget how precious he is? And yes, obviously. So. Um, Next question. <laughs> um, could Hannah create a rock so big that even Hannah and Hannah's NPCs <laughs> couldn't lift it? Like, could um, human Hannah make a rock so big, or DM Hannah yeah. pretend guessing, a rock I'm so big? I'm guessing DM Hannah. I'm so I'm gonna say yes. I can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I'm not touching that one. I guess so. <laughs> Clever, whoever you are. Pepsi or Coke? Coke for me. Uh, Dr Pepper. I like the idea of Coke, but I prefer the taste of Pepsi. If it's if it's just a regular Pepsi or Coke, then Coke. But if it's cherry, then Pepsi. What? Oh, it's vanilla then Coke. Oh, vanilla Coke. I don't know. I don't know if there's vanilla Pepsi, so I don't have a, a ruling on that. Um, what is the coolest superpower? Not necessarily the one you'd pick, but the one you'd have the biggest whoa moment for the first time you saw it. Um, for me, pretty basic, but probably just ability to fly, like Peter Pan. Um, that's like flight. Like my my dad brought me up thinking airplanes are cool. That's just something like our family. If I saw someone getting to fly, I'd just be my breath would be taken away. For me, it'd be telekinesis. I think like I would also pick that. I would want telekinesis. Oh. See, I think the coolest superpower is like, you know, like the infinite probability generator from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you don't, <laughs> think sure. of the idea that you can make something happen. Let's say there's a one in a million chance that ice cream just starts falling from the sky. So you can manipulate probability so you're in the universe where that happens at that moment. But at that same time, anything else that has that exact same probability also happened. So if there was also a one in a million chance that every glass cup turns into, like, mud, that would happen at the same time. <laughs> Is that a superpower? 
Yeah, you could just make it happen. So you could like have a superpower and just be like, oh, I'm going to defeat the bad guy. But if there was like a one in like 500,000 chance that you defeat the bad guy and there's also one in 500,000 chance that every car tire turns into like flat feathers, that also happens. Okay, Rob. <laughs> uh, superpower? Is that what the question was? Yeah, what's the coolest superpower? Coolest superpower? Uh, oh, Jesus. I mean, I don't really like superpowers. Um, I, Boring. But you would have one if you were given the chance. I mean, of course. What do you okay, mean you so, don't like superpowers? Who doesn't like superpowers? Because they're usually <laughs> like super like one-dimensional, and it's like, yeah, like I can fly or I can run faster than the speed of light. And you're like, that seems useful, but like... I don't know. I would probably say flight. That's just the most convenient for my day-to-day life. That's honestly the one I would get the best, like, I think, mileage out of. I think having laser eyes or super strength would get old after I burned down my house for the fifth time or crush a can that I was trying to drink, you know? Like, no. You know, bold word for someone who's going to have a lot of bugs in their teeth. <laughs> what? Oh, I see. I can wear a From mask. Flying. <laughs> This this is my own question that I'm that I'm adding right now because I'm watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. What be, what element would you bend? Oh my my personality uh, is so earth. It's crazy. I would not, I would not be able to absolutely bend agree. One hundred percent agree with that, <laughs> Rob. I don't. I I'm honestly I just started the show, so I don't know what my personality says at all because I haven't met all the benders. I think fire would look the coolest, but I don't know what my personality says. You're an airbender. Yeah, I I would also agree with that. I'll have to figure out what that means. <laughs> um, I am a waterbender. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was gonna say that. And it's not. Uh, I for- think I'm a waterbender. No, if this is real, I am a waterbender. As the one person who has consistently stand Katara for 15 years. <laughs> People say she's boring. They're wrong. Okay. I love Katara. Um, I would probably be an airbender question mark um or yeah. or an earthbender yeah i would buy either of those okay cool uh if the characters were pokemon trainers what would their first pokemon be gengar well actually i, I guess a ghastly <laughs> um i would have a vulpix because i never played pokemon games and i borrowed my brother's game make my own save <laughs> file until i caught a vulpix or a ninetales and then i would stop playing because i had the cutest pokemon I think a good, um, I think a good Pokemon for Kitso would be Mimikyu, because it's a ghost type, oh. and um, Mimikyu is like its whole lore is that it tries to dress up as Pikachu, so people will love it. it so it's characters. like trying to be I something thought, it's not. I thought it said us. That's my oh. B. No, yeah, for for characters. Wait, is the Mimikyu the one that wants to be Pikachu? Yeah, yeah, it's the one that tries to dress up as Pikachu, so people will love it. Oh. That's it's really sad, but I, I horrible. Love it. It's so cute. Um, I also think like Kitso would like get an Eevee and like try to make it one evolution, and then it turns out to be a different one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try to give it a water stone, and it turns into Sylveon. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Juilliard would take a Larvitar because um, it becomes Tyranitar, which is like a big dinosaur dragon boy, and I feel like that makes a whole lot of sense. Kind of, yeah. No, you know what? Kitsa would get a Magikarp because she would love it so much. <laughs> and hope that one day it turns into a Gyarados. But if it never did, that's fine. I feel like you get a shiny Magikarp and, like, not have any intention of training it and just love it. And then eventually, just from hugs, it turns into the most powerful dragon in the game. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. yeah, oh. to the red Gyarados. 
yeah. and she doesn't even realize it's a shiny. She's just like, these are, that's what all of them look like, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, this one's different. He must have a really hard time making friends. I'll love you. It's shiny you. just like me. Kits is a shiny half elf. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, this is fun for me. So I think uh, if Nori had one, I think he would have a mudkip. Um, yeah. I think that yeah, that yeah. fits his character. And I think Andy would have, like, a shiftry, like a, like an old, wise grass Pokemon. Um, that's just my headcanon. I was going to say that, uh, me personally, I would also te- take Teddy Ursa as just, like, my favorite pick to have a Pokemon. But that's... Mine would be uh, Scorbunny slash Raboot because it is my new favorite Pokemon after, after Gen 8. But, um, yeah, that, that's my answer for that. <laughs> um, have you considered playing all out of bubblegum for a one shot? I, I don't know what that is. What is that? It sounds fun. I don't. We've apparently, it's a crazy thing. These questions for a while, and none of us bothered to look it up. <laughs> but we've yeah. all been busy. Sure. We've all been busy. No, yeah, I would sure. definitely. I will play anything once. Sure. Um, consider it. I, now. I searched. I searched out a lot of bubblegum, and I just got. Uh, a, a YouTube video, so I'll I'll do research on it later, and we can talk about it in the Discord. Well, I assume um, if it's if we're all out of bubble gum, that just leaves kicking ass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so last question: Which out? Al- what one album best encapsulates each of your characters? Brennan, you said you or, or go, ahead, um, go ahead. So I well, yeah, I I, yeah. I saw this question a while ago, um, and I actually did put a lot of thought in this. I've thought about it all week. Um, my talks. Okay. Um, the, my answer for this is actually not a punk album, even though that's 99% of the albums I know. (laughs) Um, it's the stranger by Billy Joel. Um, and it was, it was hard to deviate from my favorite genre, but, um, the reason I like the stranger for Dartle is, uh, especially the song Vienna on side two. Um, it's about having your whole life ahead of you, like when you realize that Vienna waits for you. And the idea that like Dartle, he was like always feeling like he's on a on a journey and that he's got the whole rest of his life ahead of him, but he actually doesn't. So Dartle's whole character is wrapped up in having his life ahead of him, but actually not. Um, also, I like the stranger because you know he doesn't even know who he is. Um, uh, the on I think perhaps one of the saddest way uh, things about it is only the good die young. Because Dartle is going to die very young. <laughs> Dartle is going to die mentally at like thirty years old, <laughs> um, and which so the whole album is about you know it's got this sort of wistful feeling to it. I feel like really matches Dartle, but there's still a lot of joy to be found. So, uh, the stranger of Billy Joel. Cool. Uh, my my answer is quick, so I'll go. Um, I feel like Juilliard would bop to um, Unlocked by Denzel Curry. Um, I, I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of, <laughs> in terms of how both those projects were created. If you don't know, Unlocked was made in like a week, um, and then was just like cut together using a bunch of crazy animation. And it, it's like a beautiful cacophony of, of noise and interesting rap music. And I think that that probably fits with Juilliard, who is just a weird mix of character traits that are a dragon. So there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, Cool. I would say Kitsa because I I have a hard time trying to find an album for Kitsa because I think the music that I tend to associate with her is not music that I really listen to albums of, 
but I landed on My Head is an Animal by Monsters and Men because out of the stuff that I like, that's kind of the more like chill. It's got some upbeat. It's still kind of slow and steady, if you see what I did there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think it's like a good vibe for her, especially like King and Lionheart, this like idea of going out on a journey and trying to do your best and like be strong of heart and courage. So yeah. I'm yeah, like I little talks. Oh, now I'm just thinking of my head is an album. Uh, my head is an animal. Like <laughs> my head is an album. Yeah, they're one of my favorite bands. No, yeah, little talks is so good. Um, uh, cool. I don't have an answer because I have lots of characters that I could do this for. Um, but that was our last question. Um, thank you guys for joining us on this um, on this bonus episode. We hope these questions were insightful and fun. And we will probably do another one eventually. (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you want to make sure you're in the conversation with us, definitely join our Discord server. We have a good time. We have a dice simulator, so we roll crazy dice all the time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks again. We will see you on the next episode, which I think I think the next one going up after this is another one shot. And then we're on to season two premiere. So Hell yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Uh, bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.